What if your happy place could be at work? We all know that life can be chaotic. We're constantly juggling work, family, and social obligations. Finding ways to connect with ourselves and recharge is more important than ever. That's why joy spaces are becoming so popular. In this video, Marissa Hale of Inclusive Wellness Design explains how these spaces transform the corporate arena, giving us the perfect environment to perform joyfully and optimally in a more balanced state. Thank you so much for being here on the show. Make sure to subscribe so you get future notifications and you are about to go on a wellness-driven ride. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm so excited for our guest today, guys. Let me introduce her. And this is kind of a longer biography, but there's so much in it and I really wanted to share it all. Marissa is an anthropologist, designer, and storyteller passionate about creating environments that promote wellness and equity in the workplace, featuring pieces by marginalized artists worldwide. She was named one of the top 50 entrepreneurs in Dallas in 2021 for her two social impact ventures focused on empowering women through design. In 2019, Marissa founded Etico, a major BIPOC, if I said that right, a woman-owned sustainable boutique based in Fort Worth, Texas, that celebrates handcrafted pieces focused on people and the planet. She's partnered with women artisans in India and Mexico to create body positive fair trade clothing for Symbology, an ethical fashion label she founded in 2012 that merges handcraft fabrics with trend forward style. She merges her anthropology and social justice background into her designs, celebrating the culture symbolism imbued into each motif to connect people worldwide. Marissa's inspiration to start Symbology developed from her research as a UNC Mahatma Gandhi Fellow and later as the Duke Leadership Fellow at 10,000 Villages. Marissa has worked with many artesian communities in India, the West Bank, Mexico, and the Philippines over the past 15 years. She holds a degree in journalism and anthropology from the University of North Carolina. Wow, what a bio. Please help me welcome Marissa Hale. Hi, Marissa. 
Hey, so great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. I am just thrilled to have you on this platform because you're doing so many amazing things. And if, you know, outside of what I just read, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Um, sure. Uh, nice to meet you all. I am Marissa. Um, I am now based in Oak Cliff, but a lot of my community is in Fort Worth um, from when I had my store. And I absolutely love the DFW area and um, just kind of crossing the different borders around here and learning about the Metroplex. Um, I am excited in this journey. I've been part of the entrepreneurial community for several years, which I think is really thriving and exciting. Um, and I'm really excited to be part of this movement to democratize wellness and mental health uh, in shared spaces. And so I've um, been working on really leaning into that community that we have here and helping to uh, bring the best of different sciences and um, human behavioral studies and people with different backgrounds so that we can create spaces that allow um, as many people as possible to thrive and live the best life possible. Oh, man, that's just cool. You know, that's just cool. That's exactly what, you know, I want to present to the world on this show. So tell me, Marissa, a little bit, how did you get interested in, and it sounds like even through school, you know, with, with the social aspect and, you know, you were really fascinated by these things to begin with, but how did you start going into the social and mental and all of those aspects of, of day in, day out and how that interacts with us? Yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in design since I was a little kid and I was very creative. Um, I'd always wanted to be a fashion designer, um, but I found the, the industry really superficial and exploitive the more I got to learn about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through my visit to 10,000 Villages as a high school student that I learned about the impact of um, a fair trade and how we could kind of leverage our consumer culture for good. And it was uh, through design and that storytelling, the marketing, that uh, I could see this beautiful pashmina scarf that a woman made in India, how she was able to support her children. Um, and that's what prompted me to go to India. I went to um, visit artisan groups in slum areas in Mumbai and also in, in rural villages where um, in the west of Gujarat, kind of near the border with Pakistan, where there's no written language. And so they actually use embroidery as a way to record their um, their history and communicate their identities. So I found that role of textile really fascinating. And it's something that most of the world um, has, has really operated on um, are these in maybe kind of informal craft sectors, but it's actually when we combine them all together, it's a it's a huge, um, huge valuation, a huge potential, particularly for women artisans to earn an income. Um, and if we do that transparently and through fair trade principles, there's uh, a lot of opportunities there. So my, my, with me starting Symbology uh, 11 years ago, that's my clothing line, I was able to work uh, and, and empower 
um, artists and women in India, Mexico, but I really want to expand that more broadly, the more that I get to learn about mental health um, and, and the multifaceted elements of wellness. And I think that um, the sense of multiculturalism and also giving credit to where a lot of um, design and healing modalities come from, which is frankly, not really from what the Western world, it's not from the US, it's not from Europe, um, but it's a lot from those cultures that have been marginalized and oppressed. And that's a, a bit of the, um, the kind of guiding principle of me starting inclusive wellness design and really including diverse, uh, diversity and inclusion in the same sentence as wellness, because I think that they need to be explored as an intersectional in an intersectional framework. Mm. So, and, and, you know, that would make sense going back on your comment you just made about, you, you know, they have experienced something so drastically different, you know, than what we're used to here in the U S. And so, um, I want to also go back to the patterns that you talked about, um, and how it's really a sense of communication. So now I kind of have a different picture in my mind when I look at the patterns you have on your, your work, your, your clothing that you have, and how they could be really making more of a statement than, than you think. Yes, that's, that's what we would say is um, my tagline was that um, symbology makes fair trade sexy. <laughs> And we would have every, every dress would be um, a statement and not just kind of in the fashion statement, traditional sense that you walk into a room and everyone's heads turn and, and, and you kind of are making a bold entrance, but also the statement of your values and, and literally embodying and wearing your values. And so I love the viral kind of, um, uh, marketing opportunity in some ways of clothing um, and in design in general. I think um, there's so many ways to kind of maybe even more subtly um, than um, working in uh, maybe in an activist role, because that's my background started in human rights activism and some political activism, but realized that to get everyone on board, um, that's where stories and design come into play because that's something that everyone experiences. Clothing, these yeah. shared spaces, that's where we can really do some great work to democratize social movements. So that's kind of the, the secret sauce or the, the underlying thread to, to what I do. Um, and so, yes, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. It's like, it's like why people tattoo themselves. You, you were talking about this is really wearing your values. Mm -hmm. And so if you're okay with it, I, I would love to bring in just a couple of our first photos we have of you um, sure. just to give the audience an idea of what we're talking about. But this is, this is first when you have traveled abroad and tell us a little bit about this photo. Yeah. It's with my, my pink hair days. <laughs> that was a fun time. Um, I actually, uh, that was from a trip 
Uh, I usually go to India once a year for about four to six weeks to work on my um, upcoming collections. So sampling and production um, and meeting, you know, reconnecting with the artisans that I've been working with. And so that was in, I think it was 2017 and was working on a very special order from Rachel Zoe. So Rachel Zoe, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she is a celebrity stylist and now a fashion mogul. But uh, even my mom, who's not a particular fashionista, like knew who she was because she had a show on Bravo. Um, but she is fantastic and has, um, had a women founded theme to her subscription box, um, the box of, of style. And so that was our largest order, um, which helps helps lead to other orders and recognition. Um, but that was 27,000 scarves that we made for her box and we were able to train and give employment, sustained employment to a large number of women, um, which is the goal. You know, I've been working with my core, they're called master craftswomen because there's in block printing, which is what um, we really specialize with symbology. It's hand stamping the fabric and it's such a specialized skill set that only um, some people can do that. It's an art form, but we, for this order, we, yes, there we go. Perfect photo. Um, <laughs> So yes, that's Gita, one of our artisans. Um, they're printing that uh, shirt dress or a um, pair of pajamas. Um, we use that print in, in a few different garments. Um, and so the Rachel Zoe box of style, we were able to do screen printing, which is a little bit quicker mm. and a little less specialized. And we were able to train a lot more women for that. So that was really cool. Yeah. And this is, I, I mean, because it's pressed like this, you know, they have to really make sure it's aligned and it's intentional. And I, I think that's so beautiful. I mean, just to think that your clothing is, is created that way, you know, we're, we've been so far from that for so long, it seems, you know, with mass production, that this is a really beautiful, special and unique thing that you are providing. And, um, Again, I just, I love, you know, the, the symbology around it. I love the name that you created because it is just that and really having something meaningful on you, a value statement. So here, here's an example of some of those designs and they're beautiful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I love the, the almost spiritual quality that we see in handmade arts. And I think no matter how technologically advanced we become, it's always um, it's something that's really human that unites us um, is our handmade things and handmade art. And that's something that will always sustain us um, and, and help us feel connected to each other. So that's, um, that's a big focus for symbology and for my next venture, the inclusive wellness design as well is celebrating that, that shared humanity. Yes. We're going to go into our, our first commercial. And when we come back, that's exactly what we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about the inclusive wellness design. And I'm really looking forward to that. So stay tuned. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm April Hove, the Managing Director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stopped to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K., you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com slash Fort Worth. Notice, too, my contact information. I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. All right, so let's talk about this inclusive design, this inclusive wellness design that you have now created. What made you go from, you know, to the, in, sorry, the, the sustainable fashion, did I get the right, yeah. to, to the inclusive design? Yeah, I, I started that store, Etico. Um, it's on Magnolia Avenue, or it was uh, in October of 2019. So a few months before the pandemic hit. And mm-hmm. um, and it was a beautiful experiment and, and um, experience with uh, other local women entrepreneurs who had beautiful handmade items that all had a focus on sustainability. And I think, um, but it was hard. We went through having to shut the store down um, during lockdown and then reopened in, I think in May, I opened as soon as I could because we had a cooperative. We all kind of relied on each other and especially, um, you know, me being the, um, the, the founder, uh, the person who helps to uh, organize everything in the store and, and was the face of the store, especially at that time, you know, it was, it was important that, you know, we kind of get back in as, as much as we could, um, yeah. as soon as we could. I think it was just, a, it was hard. I was selling clothes and we were selling gift items and people really weren't going anywhere. And, um, and it was, it was a tough thing, but I will say that the community in Fort Worth was fantastic. And I learned more about, you know, I think being in the sustainable fashion space, it's mostly a white women space. Um, and it's important to extend a seat at the table 
And this was uh, coming from other conversations with entrepreneurs I had with some of the members that we had um, and kind of making sure to take a little bit of extra effort to extend that invitation and to create community partnerships so that we had um, by the end of that year, a majority of the brands uh, as BIPOC owned. And that was an important priority for me. Um, I've mostly thought about and, and worked in an international development capacity. So thinking about diversity and equity um, and transparency and supply chains and, and empowerment, but for women at that global level. Um, but this was an opportunity for me to also look locally and what are we doing to support each other? And so, um, so that was part of it was, you know, we collectively went through a traumatic experience um, as a world and we, I started learning more about mental health. I had a lot of holistic healers come into my store and we had these incredible conversations about healing and the multi-sensory components to it. Um, and, and learned about a lot of things and the origins of where these practices come from and meditation and, you know, even like a cacao ceremony and, and Ayurveda, um, that these are our non-Western traditions, um, that are really important in our journey to discovering all that, um, you know, being human and being a healthy human, uh, can entail, and I want to I want to make sure that that credit is given. So um, my mom also got diagnosed with Alzheimer's uh, oh, in, at that time. And so I've become really interested in brain health. Um, and there's a lot of intersectionality with uh, brain health and the environment and the, the design of our environment, multisensory components and other healing. So that's something I'm learning about and exploring in my designs. Um and it's also an opportunity to give representation uh, and celebrate the stories of underrepresented artists who are local and global artisans in these shared spaces. So thinking about airports and corporate offices, uh, you know, universities, hospitals, nursing homes, um, places that maybe aren't overflowing with joy, but why can we not maybe re-envision them and, yeah. uh, and make them spaces for, for that shared experience, for a joyful experience or a healing experience and, and kind of take the best of hospitality design and resort design when you go to travel or spa design, but bring them into these places. Marissa, I think it's brilliant. And <laughs> the reason is, is because you you know, your goal is to help transform, you know, how we, how our, our health and wellness, right? How we show up. But instead of meeting it at an individual level and going just strictly residential or what have you and meeting people one-on-one, -on -one, you decided to go out and make a bigger impact because when you bring this, you know, the science-backed, you know, environment that you're bringing and creating to the workforce, to the hospitals, to the schools, um, you really are, are, you're impacting hundreds of thousands of people instead. And when they see these environments, it's just going to be this ripple effect of, okay, well, I really love my work environment. I'm going to recreate that at home, you know? So it, it's just a much larger impact. 
Yes. And I, and I was speaking at a, a larger corporation last year on a panel about sustainability. And that same day they released their ESG report and ESG stands for environmental social governance. Um, and environmental largely pertains to sustainability measures that the corporation is instituting. Um, and S is really where I see my life's purpose in, in this venture um, existing. And that's social. That's where a lot of mental health, um, corporate wellness um, initiatives exist, but also uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oftentimes those uh, leaders are not speaking to each other. They're not interacting to, to create uh, environments. Um, but I, I think that that's something that we want to change is to bring everyone to the table yeah. so that um, programmatic efforts are also coming into play around, um, uh, around mental health and the built environment. So it's it's a little bit of unsiloing some of the siloing that that happens with a lot of corporations, but um, it's there's a lot of great opportunities there, and almost every uh, corporation has these ESG reports that are uh, published every year, and these are metrics that they're held accountable to in, in terms of supplier diversity. So that's one of the focuses mm -hmm. of my company is working with a diverse group of global and local marginalized artists and, um, and creating an impact through the purchases from the corporate buyers as well. Right. That makes, uh, that, that makes perfect sense. And definitely with your background, because you are already doing that, you are already familiar with that, with outsourcing from those um, so if you don't mind, could we add these other photos to the screen? Because I want to share sure. what um, <laughs> this is. This is the shop that yeah. you had. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's Kristen's um, organic skincare line that we had there. It was a there were 16 brands at the height of the store. Um, but that's a little snapshot of the inside. Um, of the shop. And so storytelling has always been a big piece of what I want to do. So you, there was signage and we had embedded iPads as well that uh, had the handmade story showcased because every item we had in the store was handmade. And so showcasing that story and making an immersive um, and educational experience in addition to, uh, you know, an uh, elevated boutique experience was kind of, um, was the goal for the the store. Yeah. And, and I can definitely see, you know, the design aspect of it. It's so clean and fresh and inviting. Um, so I really like that. Thank you. <laughs> and now we're moving into some absolutely beautiful photographs. Can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah. So um, I work with Victoria Davis, who is a feng shui uh, interior designer to uh, design spaces that uh, create joy. So this is one of the joy spaces that we designed and it's called Florecer Lounge. Florecer means to bloom in Spanish. And it's uh, really in, in kind of an embodiment or illustration of the aesthetics of joy, bright colors, patterns, things that universally um, make us feel joy, uh, regardless of our cultural or social or geographic background. 
Um, it's really fascinating to learn about the studies of that and how that it affects our, our well-being and our mental state. So really leaning into color, which we see at, all over the place from, from our travels. So I really got inspiration from um, my trips to Jaipur, which is where I've been working with um, artisan women for my clothing line. Um, it's called the Pink City. So you'll see that beautiful shade of of salmon pink there mm-hmm. in the background that's inspired by, um, by Jaipur. And then we have elements um, from Oaxaca, uh, which is a, an artisan, um, very artisan rich area in Mexico where mezcal uh, comes from alebrijes, if you're familiar with them. These are the, the magical creatures that bring uh, good fortune and, and protection. Um, well, yeah, who doesn't need that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I, there's so much, there's so much joy that I experience in these places that are ex- incredibly rich with artwork. Um, they're known globally uh, as, as tourist destina- destinations for this artisanship. And, and I'm also in this, this is a, a really fun, um, a uh, chair that a flower chair, you know, and so who doesn't want to sit on a flower chair um, it, during their break at work? Um, and then also bringing in elements. Uh, so we've got uh, BIPOC artists who um, have created the the artwork um, on the walls, and then we have biophilic uh, design, which is basically just bringing nature indoors. Yeah. And there's so much. It's it's incredible the impact on productivity and, um, and healthcare, re- reduced healthcare costs, you know, just from simply moving some plants indoors. But if we so, can yeah, Marissa, mm-hmm. are there, are there studies now that, you know, measurements that people have made based on these environmental factors? Yes. Good question. I'm going to bring up my, <laughs> I've got, um, I mean, 40% higher profit margins, from um, from retail stores that have greenery and daylight, um, there's certain there's certain elements, uh, but lighting is a big piece of that. Natural mm-hmm. light, um, uh, plants, also natural materials that contribute to higher profit margins, higher productivity. Um, one study shows two thousand dollars of savings per employee per year um, wow. by incorporating daylight and plants into an office space. Um, an 88% Im- improvement in well-being. Um, you know, so these are, this is, this is just human design. This is what our brains were designed for. Mm-hmm. The reason too, it's really interesting. Historically, um, we have the same brains that we did when we were hunter gatherers. Mm-hmm. The reason we, that we appreciate bright colors and that brings us a sense of joy and, and good feelings and oxytocin and dopamine is because we associate it with vitality mm-hmm. and with ripe fruits and vegetables and things that are good for us to eat. And so I think that that's really interesting, um, the kind of, you know, deeply embedded connections that we have. But yet we, most of our corporate spaces, our public spaces are gray boxes um, well, and- Mar- Marissa, this makes me want to go eat a grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, like I want to eat healthier and, um, 
yeah, and fresher. And so I, I get that. I can feel that in my body where I, I look at this and I'm just like automatically, oh, <laughs> I want to do better. I want to be better. This feels right. It feels good. I love that. Yes, that's part of it. It's just inspiring. Yeah, you feel a little bit like you're at a resort, but you're not. You're still doing work. And I think also, you know, we companies have to figure out a way to bring folks back into the workplace in this hybrid environment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks don't want to go back. Right. They want to work from home. Um, and especially for minorities, there's an element of psychological safety um, that's also really important when we talk about inclusive design mm -hmm. and representation as well. And so, I mean, that's a really big challenge to solve because we know that there are um, increased uh, or I guess in decreased um, health and, and well-being and shorter lifespans for minorities because of constant stressors. Wow. And, um, and I think that that's something that we're trying to, to solve through the environment and that representation, creating a sense of belonging and safety in the workplace is really important, but also making the office a, a destination instead of an obligation. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. If I if you create a space for people that want to get up in the morning and go to because it's that cool, and then, you know, you've definitely done your job. Um, tell me a little <laughs> bit about this photo. Yeah. So the joy spaces are one concept and the and the the idea is to really connect people um, so that they're it's not just socializing and building trust, which you can't really do from a screen, um, but also inspiring um, creative thought and innovation within the company. So that's the idea of the lounge. That's why you have a communal table. Sorry, I can go on and on about this from the previous slide. Now, this is another type of specific microenvironment. Um, in the workplace that I'm calling our sanctuary spaces. And these are actually sanctuary pods that are designed for individual moments of connection with oneself. So mm -hmm. it's a restoration and re relaxation space. And um, I don't know if you have the interior image yep. of that. There you go. So what I, what I, um, what we thought about for the design of this space is that we want it to be immersive and multi-sensory. So when someone walks in, um, they can select an energy or an atmosphere. Um, there's three to choose from. One is focus, one is relaxation, and one is elevate. So relax, focus, and elevate. And we have a soundscape. Um, so I'm working with the local sound healer and DJ to develop soundscapes for each one of these three energies. Mm -hmm. um, we're also working with a scent maker to create healing scents that, that focus on these three energies as well. Um, and then also a mixologist, um, who is creating adaptogenic zero proof cocktails that have brain boosting herbs and other things, um, in the drink, but it feels elevated because it's a cocktail type of experience, but you can, the idea is that you can come into this room and really, um, th and also the color of the light will change depending on the energy that you select. Um, and that bed that's in there is called a tune bed. And it is a vibroacoustic technology 
that uh, aligns with a sound bath that is um, through a headset. But the idea is that there's hundreds of frequency points on that bed. So depending on the experience you want to feel, within 20 minutes, you can have your stress reduced up to 54%. Um, you can have your circadian rhythms uh, corrected and parts of your, your two hemispheres of your brain aligned. And a lot of really incredible um, takeaways um, from that technology. So Marissa, I have to interrupt. I hope that our audience is just as inspired and excited about this now, <laughs> because <laughs> that is just so cool. And I'm, I'm very curious. See, we got a heart. The audience is saying, yeah, it, it is just amazing. And why didn't we come up with that, you know, ages ago, right? And, and blessings to you because, wow, I am so pleased that this is really the up and up and such a popular concept now, or it's starting to gain traction um, because it's awesome. I, I'm curious for my own, you know, selfish wants, is there any spaces being created for the entrepreneurs out there that, you know, go to shared workspaces. Yeah, I want to. Um, I'm, I've uh, I visited a, a local workspace and we'll have to see if they're interested in it because um, I want to do some more beta testing as well. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of meditation rooms or restoration rooms that are usually just a chair in a gray box. And so we know that like having um maybe sometimes a lack of stimulation or a place that's just designed for that is important, but I really want to elaborate on that. So instead of maybe, because these pods are a little bit more of a, a heavier spend. So a larger corporation might be able to foot that bill, but there's ways that we can work with smaller companies to elevate and enhance their meditation rooms. So we can provide, um, there's a sustainable uh, acoustic tiling on the walls so you can absorb sound because that's a big challenge mm. in corporate offices. Um, and there's, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different opportunities um, with that. You know, my brain goes, when I was in law enforcement, you know, we, we see such traumatic events and traumatic experiences. And depending on the department, the agency and the resources, you know, the way that those things were handled weren't effective, period. And, and you know, and, and so you have these first responders going out there and, you know, experiencing all of these traumatic events and, mm -hmm. and they, they have no way of really releasing that. Um, and this just looks like such a perfect, you know, step in the right direction of something of, of, of a start in healing, you know, when people, so yeah, I, I, I think it would be great to bring this into hospitals or, you know, if you could, if you could get it into, let's say hospitals where there's a lot of trauma going on. Right. Yeah. And then you have, um, the people, the, the first responding people there and, you know, then other agencies can come in and use it. Cause I know that there's a lot of shared spaces within that. So anyway, that's where my mind goes based on my yeah. past history, but they're, they're Agreed. fabulous. 
Agreed. And it's been an interesting journey because I don't have a background in medicine, but some of my advisors do. And I'm learning about some of the politics of medicine and things that are maybe considered a bit more, more holistic and um, are not in the, the realm of clinical um, medicine are a bit undervalued. And yeah. I think actually getting this into hospitals might be a heavier lift and a, and something that will happen that might happen later than sooner. Um, ironically mm -hmm. enough, in, in our primary spaces of healing, there might be the most resistance. Um, and I'm, I'm learning to, I'm not really exactly sure why, but there's some of that cultural attitude. And I think a little bit of dismissiveness of, around, um, around other healing modalities that maybe aren't Western in origin and thought. Well, Marissa, I am, I am a big advocate for you. <laughs> I can tell you that. All right. What is this cool room? My goodness. <laughs> this is a meditation space. Um, one of my clients, um, I can't really release too many names because we're still in conversations at this point, but, um, a corporate clients, um, based in Dallas, uh, they were telling me that they needed spaces for uh, reflection and gratitude. And so we had, there's a couple of slides that we had uh, designed. Um, uh, you'll see in the next slides, but these are spaces as you're coming out of the pods um, that are really meant to encourage uh, relaxation. So this would be a meditation room that you could do a group meditation at. But then there's some other um, cocoon style chairs, which are great for people on the um, who are neurodivergent um, because that creates that cocoon shape creates a sense of, of safety um, and, and comfort. Mm. Um, but then we have like a hanging chair that creates a floating sensation, which is also uh, good for um, tapping into a meditative space or another altered state of consciousness um, and think about being able to do that in the workplace. So, um, you know, it's really all these designs um, where we have some healing hallways that we're also working on, which are instead of utilizing or thinking about these places that aren't thought of as, as much as um, in the kind of interior design realm. Um, maybe some artwork is thrown up on, on a wall or maybe it's just a blank wall. But those are those hallways can be moments that we can encourage a, a small moment of stretch or um, or a little bit of a, a small breath work or meditation uh, session. So we're designing some some things that don't take up as much physical real estate and, and are a lower price point, but really can have some great moments of relaxation and restoration on the way to the bathroom, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so many good things. And, and I could even take it back to, I, I think why so much of why I get excited about this is when I was in, um, school for criminal justice and, and, you know, through my journey, you know, with the, the law enforcement background, the first time that I learned about the broken window theory and what that is, is if there's a broken window in a neighborhood, the chances and likelihood of, uh, 
of there to be more chaos, disruption, more crime is higher. And then when you fix that broken window and you clean up the environment, then those, those high numbers start to go down and then people start to appreciate their environment around them and they have more a sense of pride. And so it has always fascinated me, um, our environment. And when I was out in the field, I saw that. Marissa, mm -hmm. I saw when I, you know, responded to people's homes and, you know, who, who just were in upset, their environment was an upset. It was chaotic. It was a mess, you know, and there's a pattern there. Absolutely. I want to bring in a couple of the comments. We just had a few and also to our audience. And for those who are watching the replay, you can always leave a comment, engage with us. And if you happen to be watching the replay, you can leave a comment and we'll respond later on. Dr. Tina J. Ramsey gave you three hearts. She also said, beautiful. Yeah, of course it is. It's absolutely gorgeous. And so uh, we'll, we'll walk right into our next commercial. And then when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about all of the creations you are making, Marissa. Thanks. Talk soon. Hello everyone, I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. After Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time 
for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. All right, we're back. And, you know, I just, I just get so jazzed about this, Marissa. And sometimes I'm like, April, you should have gone into interior design. And you know what, I did try to do that in college once and I took a few classes. And it was so intimidating and overwhelming. I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm just gonna leave that up to the smart people like you. <laughs> I think it's all, you know, I didn't study fashion design uh, in school. And I but I was surrounded with people who said, you know, it's not rocket science, and you can figure it out. And I did. And that's what we're doing here. Because this is I think it's all collaborative. I love working with other other people. And I, I think that's entrepreneurship and problem solving to a T is that you try to open source as much as you can and get advice. And, um, and I think that's what we, what we're trying to do here. So I appreciate the, the accolades. It's very, that's very thoughtful, but I also think, um, you know, it's, if you have the eye for it and you kind of ask for, um, for help and also support others in your journey. That's, that's kind of been my experience with my ventures along the way. And in some ways it's made me a little, uh, I don't know, fearless in some ways. And then also, but they're, but in some, I don't know, it's, it's an empowering journey. I will say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I just, I just love what you're doing and love what you're creating. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I would love, I want to support you in any way possible because I truly do believe in that. I mean, that is why the Wellness Driven Life Show was born is to, you know, try to impact on a bigger level, on a worldwide level where we get, you know, ideas and stories and messages and tips and tricks out to people to, you know, help better their lives. Mm hmm hundred percent. Well, thank you. And this is great that you're giving this platform because, um, you know, we all need to, to learn and, 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 and democratize, just help raise awareness around mental health and all the different ways that we can live a more fulfilling life. And it's not just talk therapy and co the cognitive behavioral therapy that I think a lot of people are familiar with. There's so much more to it. It's such a a rich and kind of um, always evolving field. And it's, it's just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, and you and I were having a little conversation before we, we jumped on live and it was about, um, I was <laughs> now I'm a little embarrassed, but I was sharing with you my, my weight journey. You know, I had this 
traumatic experience happened in my life and it really got me off track. I, I went way off the rails and I wasn't taking care of myself like I was used to because I was just being in that trauma state, you know, and I, and I was learning how to heal myself in other ways. And, um, but you know, we were discussing that and it's, it's, you were saying, and maybe I'll just let you say it, but it's taking those small steps. Yeah. Uh, I, myself, I mean, we, I think a lot of us have gained weight, um, during the pandemic. And I think we need to just give ourselves some grace and some Mm -hmm. permission to, to just be and, and be grateful that we're, that we're here. And, and, and I think we're just so hard on ourselves, especially as women. Um, and, uh, you know, issues with body positivity and body image, um, which has really, um, been a, a key thing for me as a designer, you know, trying to have inclusive designs, inclusive sizing, and really just have women wear whatever they want that makes them feel good and not be bound to a specific silhouette or color, you know, um, just to celebrate that. So I think that the, the, yeah, the creation of habit forming the, the, Mm. um, science behind habit formation is really interesting. So that is also a guiding principle in the environments we're designing. And I myself have a really hard time being structured and creating routine. I'm a creative. And so I want my every day to be different and fun and an adventure, Uh but that's not, (laughs) that's not how we kind of, um, necessarily grow in a specific way, but I do want to make uh, healthy habit making sexy. Like it's, it that's, that was always my thing with symbology makes sustainability and fair trade sexy. Now let's make wellness sexy and make it just att- attainable. And so how is it that we can do that through design and through environmental cues? So maybe it's, um, you know, a, a slight shift in, the, the color, the, the lighting, like lighting has such a big role in our mental health. If we can shift the lighting a little bit, if we can have, instead of just making a coffee in the morning, if you can make one of these adaptogenic cocktails and you kind of linger and you're mixing and you feel a little bit fancy and you're also connecting with your coworker, you know, it's how do you create these moments of connection and lingering and also breaks. There's a lot of science behind the importance of taking breaks. Um, We have these ultradian rhythms, which are like circadian rhythms, but shorter. And that's at point we have productivity like peaks and energy peaks in the day. And then we have valleys. And in those valleys, we have to take a break. That's the the standard kind of 20 minute break that you might've heard of that's recommended for productivity. We need to we need to take that because that's our body telling us that we need to, that our cells need to regenerate and we need to have um, that we need to have that moment of relaxation in order to come back more refreshed. So one interesting example I think is, um, so I have a a client in um, Austin that is a Swedish company and in Sweden all across the country, they have a twice daily break that is called Fika and it's nice. a break at 10 a.m. and at 2 p.m. And it's just you, you put your work down, you go get a drink, you connect with your coworkers. There's no work that's being done. Well, <laughs> the Americans, because um, this is coming from leadership. This is the CEO. This is the founder. They're saying, OK, let's take the Fika. But uh, some of the American staff have a hard time taking the breaks mm. and 
are resistant to it. Yeah. And I think that's so fascinating that even with that example of very human and generous leadership, because I think that's another key piece to the environment is our leadership and our culture. What are our, what is the company culture that we have? Um, and it's like setting that example, right? But we still have resistance. And I think it's just, we've just bought into this glorification of being burned out essentially or on the verge of burnout and being hyperproductive. But actually, if we don't take the breaks, we lose our productivity. We have the brain fog. We kind of become a shell of our former self. Um, so it's it's just really important to to kind of unlearn some of the, I think, um, damaging stuff that we've, we've kind of picked up and been socialized to believe, and especially as Americans. And I think that there is more pushback. That's why we see people um, quietly quitting or just flat out resigning the great resignation. This is mm -hmm. uh, employees and uh, have the upper hand uh, and for the first time. And I think that's a really exciting chance to um, reimagine what workplace looks like what is work um actually how does it function and and how can we work together to create something that's not just a slog or you know a 60 80 you know hour a week thing that you commit your life to but how can we create an, an edifying experience um and and a community yeah and you you definitely bring community in too with, with your designs. And I think that's so important. I think that it's been easy for people to become separated and, you know, just go into their recluse aspects and just keep their head down and do their job. And it's, it's not about that. I mean, we're, we're better together, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, really cool what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not just me. It's I have to give credit to uh, all of the partners and advisors that I'm working with who are helping to inform that design, too. Yeah. So can you bring in your team? Sure. Uh, I want to I, I want to show off your community. <laughs> yes. Here we go. So these are some of the um, experts that I'm working with. Uh, and I don't know if I have time to go over everyone, but Tamara Johnson is the founder of the first black owned yoga studio in Fort Worth. Awesome. And she creates um, these micro meditation, yoga and breath work sessions that mm -hmm. you can select in the sanctuary pods or in the hallways. Um, and we're also working on uh, classes and, and lunches with um, with all of these advisors and their work because I think education is a big piece of, um, of what we're doing in addition to the design. And then Victoria um, is the interior designer I'm working with um, and she integrates feng shui principles. So even in the pod, uh, there's running, running water. Um, so we kind of highlight mm -hmm. the different elements um, that are a key part of feng shui design. Um, she's incredibly talented. And um, uh, Yanira is my neurodiversity advisor. So talking about creating safe spaces, um, places that don't have too much stimuli um, to really serve uh, a larger population. We need to be 
building spaces that are not otherizing for people. So if you, um, if someone is on the spectrum or they are handicapped or, you know, have, um, you know, just in, in any kind of capacity like that, we want to be looking at universal design elements, um, ADA, which is Americans with Disabilities Act, like ADA compliant um, spaces so that everyone feels that sense of belonging and you're not having to necessarily go into a separate room or have to have special equipment that's just for you because that still otherizes you. So that we're really trying to take all of those things into account. Uh, Nidia Cardenas is my human energy advisor. And so when we're talking about these uh, peaks and valleys of energy and how to optimize uh, productivity and, and maintain our energy, and also um, at the same time, really uh, be able to say no <laughs> to some things to protect our energy. Um, she's been a great, uh, great advocate um, and advisor for me in that space. And also Faith Geiger. Um, Faith is my colleague. Uh, we just spoke on a um, wellness panel last week at TCU, and she does executive coaching for uh for C-suite executives. And she talks about how leadership, outer leadership really comes from um, inner leadership of ourselves and Ooh, really focusing yeah. on, yeah, mental health and, um, and our, our own personal journeys so that we can be better and more generous leaders. So I, I love working with all these, um, these folks who are all local to DFW. It's just such a rich group. Um, and then also working with local BIPOC um, businesses. So with this multi-sensory design, so really bringing a sense of place um, that is local to uh, to Dallas Fort Worth, and I think that's important. Um, the so Deja Boards Gallery uh, in Oak Cliff, where I currently live, is an amazing gallery that focuses on um, showcasing the work of BIPOC. LGBTQ and disabled artists. Um, and she has beautiful curations and um, I'm really excited to do some storytelling with her um, in, in, our, in these shared spaces. Um, and then the sound healer that I was mentioning before, Asa Ace, um, she's incredible as well and is making the soundscapes. Um, Kimberly Scott of Potent Pores is making the adaptogenic drinks. So we're really kind of looking at all these, uh, a lot of these different um, sense elements, sensory elements, and how do we create an immersive and healing space? Um, and then we have some healing teas made um, by Chastity and Simone. And then, of course, we have uh, Tamara there as well. So I, th I think it's important that we're, um, you know, just like I said, extending that, extending a, a, a seat at the table and, I, and I'm learning a lot as well in the journey um, of, of creating um, more equitable places and places that create a sense of belonging and, and frankly, thriving. Yeah. Tell me what, what is next for you? Well, this is, a, I am relatively uh, new into this journey of, um, of space design. So uh, we are working on a, an interdisciplinary um, design program at TCU. So we want to have students 
co-designing spaces um, mm-hmm. of, of wellness and sanctuary, but also the joy and innovation spaces. Um, so we're working on that for the summer. And then I can't disclose too many of the other conversations, but one interesting community-focused um, project is in Oak Cliff. Uh, there is a historically um, Mexican and Mexican-American uh, business uh, strip called Jefferson Avenue near Bishop Arts. Um, and I was actually working for a developer um, in 2021 that is doing a lot of um, really cool designs in Bishop Arts. And I was hoping and as their marketing director to be a bit more, that they would be a bit more inclusive of the Latino community, which um, mm. that area is majority Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, there just wasn't any interest, but I did find out that they were looking to um, to buy up a lot of the property on Jefferson Avenue, uh, a block away. Um, and a lot of other developers are looking to kind of uh, to buy up property and gentrify that area. And so I'm working with a Latino activist group um, and trying to um, create a plan to um, to rebuild some of the um, facade designs, the new create new signage, um, new just coats of paints and bringing some um, parklets, which are just uh, creating some of the taking some of the space that's um, that's just street area, but making it into a. a plant filled little space for people to sit and dine mm. um, and take bars off of windows. You talked about the broken glass um, experience or the theory behind that. And there's some interesting correlation with um, taking bars off of windows and that creating a yeah. sense of safety. Um, and so there's some interesting work, um, some interesting things that I'm learning about in terms of urban planning. Um, but I'm really excited to, see, to take some of the same um, the aesthetics of joy, those principles of, of bright colors and patterns and things that, of course, we see all over Mexico and really incorporating that into the design there um, so that it becomes something that is is really celebrating the heritage of that street, which used yeah. to be a really thriving area. Uh, there's a lot of quinceañera shops, great taquerias and fruterias. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's almost, even though it's a block away from Bishop Arts, there's almost no, um, integration of the spaces. And so I, I want to figure out a way to bring more people there. And I think it's through some of that storytelling and design is, is a key way to do it. Oh, well, that's exciting to me because being new to the area, I have been looking for somewhere to find some roasted green chilies for my <laughs> green chili. And so I'm going to be venturing out and heading out. So I get to see exactly what you're talking about and, you know, recreating that heritage, what you're speaking of. And that sounds incredible. And I do, I love the colors and it, Mexico is very colorful. And so you're really bringing that in. Cool. Cool things happening. Well, I want to let our audience know uh, and make sure they know how to reach you or see at least your website. It's www.inclusivewellnessdesign.com. Again, that's www.inclusivewellnessdesign.com. That is also going to be in the description of these videos. So Gosh, you know, tell me, um, is there any other way that we could reach you or are you still making clothing? You know, 
I loved mm. some of the dresses that I saw. I love what you're wearing right now. Is, is that a design that you did? Uh, it's not, unfortunately. I do I do more um, special occasion dresses, but I've also just, yeah, I, I um, no, not at the moment. Okay, well, you'll have but, to share your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so this is a brand called Farm Rio. Um, which is a sustainable brand out of Brazil. Awesome. And I also love Osaidoro, O-S-E-I space D-U-R-O. They work with artists and women in Ghana um, mm -hmm. and have really beautiful designs. And then of course, symbologyclothing.com is where you can find um, a lot of my dresses and jumpsuits uh, and things like that. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. I was That's what I was curious about. I was curious if you still had that clothing line. Very cool. Symbologyclothing.com. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, Marissa it has been more than a pleasure, more of a delight for me. And I know there's going to be people out there that get just as excited and jazzed about it. Is there any other last things that you want to share with our audience today here on the wellness driven life show? Um, I, well, are there any questions that, that people had asked or we want to address or just kind of a closing remark would be good? A closing remark would be great. Okay. <laughs> I feel a little, okay, put on the spot. Here's my thing. When we're thinking about leading, um, you know, a more wellness-driven life and, mm -hmm. uh, and incorporating these, these habits, um, I think it's important to tap into what brings, what lights you up or brings you joy. For me, that's a lot of color. It's good food. It's good drinks. It's good uh, time spent with friends. And I think that that's part of our mental health. I, I know that, you know, um, meditation for me, has been a hard thing um, to practice every day. And I know a lot of people struggle with it. And that's something that I'm, I'm doing a little bit every day, but I'm also bringing in the rewarding elements. And I think that's, that's part of our mental health is that social connection. So I think it's, um, instead of maybe viewing wellness and health and nutrition and which can look like a lot of sacrifice, maybe just lean more into the pleasure. Um, but know that if your pleasure is maybe unhealthy, just to do that in moderation. <laughs> um, but I think giving ourselves some grace um, and and just enjoying every day and being present is one of the most important things. Oh, great message. Great, great message. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It, it truly was a joy to have you here and um, want to thank you again. You're welcome back anytime. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I can't wait to speak with you further about how, you know, I can best support you on your journey. I just, I just, just love what you're doing and um, all the other businesses that are on the same goal and route. So I want to tell our audience, thank you for being here. And this show wouldn't be here without you, without your generous contributions. You can donate to The Wellness Driven Life Show at www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com. And when you do it on our website, you're left with an awesome email follow-up that you can keep for your records. So again, thank you so much. And until... Uh, 
tomorrow. We will see you then. Goodbye for now. Thank you so much.